So the contact between the wheel and the rail are actually the size of your, like your thumbnail. Just imagine like 160 tons of load applied on those small areas. My research is mainly uh, trying to look at um, the whole picture of the railway system mm -hmm. influencing on that small area and trying to uh, save more maintenance uh, budget for the railway companies. So I had absolutely no interest mm. in research. Um, <laughs> I actually fell pregnant with my first child and it was that experience I received some really contradictory advice from health professionals with regards to my exercise behaviours mm -hmm. and I was really unsure as to what I should do. If I was unsure with an exercise science background then there's a lot of women out there that are also really unsure. My research aims to achieve a sustainable, efficient and effective process of construction for the building and the infrastructure projects. I didn't know much about Rockhampton before, but I read papers about <laughs> the research here, so I contacted the supervisors here, then they granted me scholarship and I came to here and never left. <laughs> if a podcast series about research teaches you anything, well, it teaches you that research and careers that start with research they can go in infinite directions. So when you drag three of those researchers back from three of those infinite directions and get them all on a stage to share and compare their infinitely different experiences, well, the possibilities are infinite too. I'm Mary Bolling and this is Impact, CQ University's research podcast. And today we're hearing from three very different researchers, but all recognised for their impact. At the end of 2021, they all received CQ University's Vice-Chancellor's Awards for Outstanding Research, and they are Associate Professor Jambo or Bill Zhao, who received the Mid-Career Researcher Award, Dr Melanie Heyman, who received an Early Career Research Award, and Dr. Ching Wu, another Early Career Research Award. Now, importantly for this series of impact, Dr. Heyman and Dr. Wu both completed their PhDs with CQ University. Because they're two of more than 1,000 successful research higher degree graduates at CQ University that we've been discovering and celebrating this series. This podcast event was held at CQ University Rockhampton North on Friday 16th of September 2022 with support from CQ's Office of Research, CQ Corporate Communications and the Digital Media team. This episode of Impact was recorded on the traditional lands of the Durumbal people in Rockhampton and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. CQ University pays respects to Elders past and present and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander traditions of research and storytelling. Welcome to Impact Research Podcast for CQ University. And I wanted to start with some big questions. Questions like how can buildings meet our post-carbon future? Questions like how do women who are athletes and athletes at the highest level continue competing after they've had a baby? And um, questions like how do trains stay on the rails? So these questions all have one answer, believe it or not, and that answer is research and actually outstanding research by these three researchers joining us today. 
Um, I'd love you to all introduce yourself and um, starting at the other end of the panel with Bill. Oh, yeah. I'm a social professor uh, in Build Environment uh, from Sydney campus. I'm based in School of Engineering and Technology. I'm a senior lecturer in the School of Health Medical Applied Sciences. I teach into Allied Health and am an active research member of the Appleton Institute. Uh, my name is Cheng Wu and I joined the Siki in 2013, so I'm 10 years now and got my PhD here in 2016. Currently I'm a research fellow in the uh, Centre for Railway Engineering. Uh, welcome all and thank you. Now those are short introductions. Um, obviously in the research world things can get pretty long and convoluted but I'm going to set for a start the ultimate researcher challenge. Can you describe your research and what you're trying to achieve in one sentence? And Ching, let's start with you. All right, I'll try. Okay. Um, so at this moment, we're trying to uh, take advantage of the latest development in the information and the uh, communication technology to um, automate train operations, to put more trains on track and uh, run them faster and safer. Yeah. Sounds like a great outcome. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Mel? So my research aims to improve the exercise behaviours of pregnant and postpartum women and to actively encourage safe and appropriate exercise behaviours. Yeah, my research aims to achieve a sustainable, efficient and effective process of construction for the building and the infrastructure projects. Okay. So between you, decades of research experience, but I'd love you to go back to the very start when maybe you didn't even really know what the research world was. Uh, how did the passion begin for your particular discipline and topic? Bill, so did you live in buildings? <laughs> <laughs> so my passion about the research actually began when I pursued my bachelor's degree in China. Mm -hmm. and then increased uh, significantly when I pursued my PhD in Singapore because my supervisory team is very experienced and they know how to motivate me and give me support. So that's the great passion about the research begins uh, because I'm interested in research and they can make me interested in the research. Yeah. I can imagine. So that's the power of the supervisors. Ah, it's so important to have a good team. And I think, Mel, you've got a similar origin story. There was one supervisor who turned your career in a particular direction. Um, yeah, so I had absolutely no interest mm. in research. Um, <laughs> I was quite happy as a secondary teacher uh, and I actually fell pregnant with my first child and it was that experience um, and as a part of that experience I received some really contradictory advice from health professionals with regards to my exercise behaviours mm -hmm. and I was really unsure as to what I should do um, and I figured that if I was unsure with an exercise science background then there's a lot of women out there that are also really unsure and that was my motivator um, and it continues to be my motivator but yeah I had a once I decided to do a PhD to, to follow down that pathway, I, I was fortunate to have a really fantastic supervisor as well. Yeah, for, for, for my case, um, I, I was lucky to be part of a couple of uh, international conferences on railways. And uh, uh, during the conferences, I, was, I got to know uh, a number of uh, top experts in the field who uh, imparted me uh, quite good ideas. Then, 
I uh, talked with my supervisors and decided to pursue research. Yeah. <laughs> and in the passion for trains specifically as well, did yeah. that predate the conferences? Like I'm picturing you with you know, little toy trains that came off the rails and you needed to put them back on. But was uh, that your origin story? No, nah, it, it's just uh, by chance. Because I, I, when, when I was a high school student, I didn't know much about railways. Just by chance, I went to a university who had a very strong research in railways. And they did a very good job, job getting me to be uh, interested in this field. Yeah. Okay, and you've come to another university that has yeah. strong railways as well. Yeah, so that's right. Uh, actually, the story was that uh, uh, I didn't know much about Rockhampton and uh, uh, also um, the, this area before, but I read papers about <laughs> the research here. So I contacted the supervisors here, then they granted me scholarship and I came to here and never left. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, Rockhampton Tourism uh, Association needs to get onto that, more promotion in scholarly papers about railways and you'll have yeah. everyone coming. <laughs> yeah. um, so you've talked about, yeah, that, that first um, interest in the research, but then obviously there's been a long road to hoe since then. What's has there been something that's kept you most motivated as you've continued your research careers, and perhaps starting with Yuching? Mm. Yeah, just saying there, there's so many unanswered questions, and uh, say the, 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 the senior professors, they, they, they are pushing hard to, how to say, explore the new knowledge. I think that's always been a motivation to me, just to follow their steps. and. Uh, uh, to, to, to also uh, contribute to, to these fields, I think, these days. Yeah. yeah. Mel, is that the same for you? There's yeah, lots of questions to answer. Absolutely. And my motivation hasn't changed. So I'm still just as motivated now as I ever was to contribute to developing an educational base to help inform pregnant women and also postpartum women along with health professionals. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, my answer is quite similar to Ching and Mel. Um, in addition, I have a sense of achievement when I publish some papers in the top journals or recognized by the other researchers from other countries. So my name can be known by other countries. Researchers is a very a sense of achievement for me. <laughs> that, is, that is a great motivator as yeah. well. And to know that you're at the top of your field, and I should say you're recognized by Stanford University oh. as in the top 2% of all scientists um, in the building and construction field. Um, and you know, your research, Bill, is looking at green buildings and how we make transport more sustainable and even um, risk and waste management. So we're talking about you know, a better world and a greener future. It's, um, it's really for the people and the planet. What excites you the most in that field? It's actually about the sustainable development. We know sustainable, sustainable development has three interrelated dimensions. That's the economic, social, and the environmental sustainability. And my research focuses on social and environmental sustainability. And recognized by that ranking is actually bring me a great sense of achievement. And the international recognition of my research is actually recognition of my past a few years of research activities. So, so it's very exciting to me. <laughs> yes, very. Um, Mel, is that similar for you? You're working 
um, with household names in your research, like the Australian Institute of Sport and um, some of the top sporting codes and obviously athletes by association. How have you approached getting in the room with the heavy hitters and why have you um, set your research up that way? Yeah, look, I think preparation is always key. Um, I do quite often find myself pinching myself when I am in that room. Um, I was actually in a meeting the other day with the chief medical officer for the Australian Olympic team and there were wow. two other Olympians and I love my sport. Um, sport and exercise are a very big part of my life and I was just like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? Uh, but I think it's really critical to develop those mutually beneficial relationships yeah. with industry and with government because that helps for me to translate my research so that I've got a really great effective platform to reach my end users. So if I can bring those government and industry bodies in, then I've got greater reach, which yep. means greater impact, which means better health benefits. And, and you know, my research has greater impact on, on those that need it the most. It must be really satisfying to see that, yeah, at a top level and know that it's going to trickle down, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And organisations such as the AIS have the capacity to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ching, you're in the podcast spotlight today, but recently you were in the spotlight at the 12th International Conference for Contact Mechanics and Wear of Rail and Wheel Systems. Now, this sounds really niche, but I assume it's very important as well and probably very valuable work that you're doing to rail companies. Can you tell us um, yeah, how your predictive 3D modelling that you were talking about is so important to that industry? Yeah, uh, yes indeed. This conference is uh, uh, one of the prestigious conferences in the railway research. Um, so because uh, the, the wheels and the rail are made of steel, they're very hard. So the contact between the wheel and the rail are actually the size of your, like your thumbnails. Okay. So just imagine like 160 tons of load and just apply it on those small areas. Yeah, uh, so uh, the wheel and the rail ex experience very heavy wear and the mm -hmm. crack and the, and the brake. So in this, uh, the, the, this is many of the topic of the conference. So my research is many uh, trying to look at um, the whole picture of the railway system, say uh, what's the uh, influences of uh, other parts mm -hmm. influencing on that small area wow. and then trying to uh, save more maintenance a budget for the railway companies. Yeah. You've explained that beautifully. I've never felt sorry for rail lines before, but that sounds exhausting. <laughs> Those yeah. poor rails. So yeah, thank you for your work to ease the load on them. Um, all of you are talking about the work you do, you know, in a, in a bigger picture. You're, the research is community connected and certainly um, these uh, excellence awards also acknowledge that um, and a big part of that is the engagement with the community within the research. So what communities are you working with that you've been most excited about, um, Ching? Is it, the, is it the rail companies or who, who are you most excited to work with? Yeah, rail company is, uh, is uh, what we serve directly, um, mm -hmm. but the general public's uh, 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 conception and, uh, and uh, um, uh, recognition of the significance that rail transport is more, uh, how to say, important. And uh, we know rail transportation is generally like four times more energy efficient than road transport. Yes. So if we can get public and the government to recognize that and uh, 
trying to further develop the rail industry. I think um, these days we, we, we're looking for a green future. Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the direction we should pay attention to and should uh, work on. Yeah. That's a good point, that the work really is about, you know, not just saving the rail company's money, but yeah. sustainability. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, brilliant. What about you, Mel? I, again, being an avid sports fanatic, <laughs> I would have to say that it's that elite community, the elite athlete community, because um, I get to do the research that I love, but I also get to immerse myself in that high-performance sporting environment, and I find that when you're dealing with athletes, they're highly motivated, they're highly organised, they're very inspirational, uh, especially for me, so I, I just love that space, and it's really rewarding and really exciting. It sounds like, you, I'm sure you're not short on energy in the first place, but it sounds like you get a lot of energy from that as well. Is that sort of key to the work you do? Yeah, it's, it's knowing that my research can actively, in a positive way, contribute to the betterment of their health and well-being. It's super cool. Yep. And Bill, what about you? Like, obviously, you're working in the constructed world, but what are the communities behind that that you're working with? Uh, there are the construction companies, uh, like the builders or the and civil engineering companies. Mm -hmm. And some of my research outcomes, such as the risk management framework, has already been applied by some international construction companies in Africa and uh, Latin, uh, Latino American. And uh, I also have some uh, interactions with the academia community in other countries, such mm -hmm. as the international collaboration. So we collaborate on the international research funds. Yeah, and, and yeah, I can imagine that, yeah, great if we're building you know good green construction in australia yeah. but it has to be global to make it a, a yes. difference yeah because we are we have the advances in this area so we need to share the the research results with other countries is yeah. there somewhere that um your research has informed an actual development can you drive past it and go yes that's yeah, green yeah, sure. like this. <laughs> yeah what's your favorite one to check out uh, it's, uh, Still like the risk management. Yes. Yeah, okay. the risk management. So because uh, during the pandemic and now we may have the financial crisis, the global financial crisis again. So uh, there are many uncertainties and risks. So many companies such as the building and the construction companies are confronted with the risk and the uncertainties. Yeah. So they need such risk management framework. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine that's so valuable. Yeah. Um, guys, we started with talking about the, the people who are around you who got you started on your research journeys, but now you're all in leadership roles and you're mentoring the next generation of research students coming through. Is there one um, thing you've learnt along the way or one piece of advice that you give everyone that you're mentoring that you know is, is particularly valuable to you? Maybe, Ching, would you like to start us off? Yeah, um, so um, when we Talking about uh, young researchers and uh, younger researchers, um, uh, or, uh, uh, and uh, students, um, uh, uh, my recommendation is when we, uh, when we are at the starting stage uh, of the research and, and trying to solve a problem, uh, when we pick the method to solve the problem, we we we, we, we maybe we can uh, we should pick the methods who have 
uh, wider application spectrum. Okay. Um, in that case, after we finished the project or finished the PhD, you'll be able to use the method to other fields as well. So it's not just confined in the specific problem. Yeah, yeah. right. That is great advice. Sort of having a big picture when yeah, I can imagine in PhDs, you, yeah. the tendency is to think very narrowly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mel. I probably have two pieces of advice. Sorry. Excellent. Lay them on it. <laughs> um, the first would be that I think as a researcher, you have to get comfortable with having a never-ending to-do list. It yep. feels like you you. Um, might do one task but then there's another two that you add to it and I think it's important that we learn to be able to be comfortable with that and that in being comfortable with that we also prioritize time for ourselves and our health and our well-being uh, and then the second one is I think if you're going to be a researcher find something that you're passionate about yep. because the journey is so much more rewarding and it's so much easier if you're you're invested in what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And Bill, you can probably relate to that, having the endless to-do list. How, mm. how do you help your <laughs> students and um, manage I ask them to be positive about yeah. the research, to have a positive attitude towards the uncertain futures. <laughs> because being a researcher, we need to be prepared to get any challenges or criticisms from other researchers in the peer review process. Mm -hmm. So. Most of my proposals and the publications will be declined in the first round. Yeah. And we need to revise and then revise and resubmit and uh, wait for the, it will be a long time of waiting and the revision. Yeah. And then finally, maybe successful or unsuccessful. Ah. So we need to be patient okay. <laughs> and optimistic. Look, that sounds like good life advice, let alone yeah. advice for yeah. uh, student researchers. So thank you. Um, this podcast is called Impact Research Podcast. Impact is what we're all about uh, with our research at CQ Uni. Is there one impact um, that you've had along your research career that you're particularly proud of? Uh, you know, is it one of those buildings, Bill? Is it a particular discovery? Could you tell us about it? It's actually, um, I think it's the international recognition of my publications or the research outcomes. That's the most important thing because uh, when we talk about impact, uh, we need to have the social impact and the academic impact. Mm. And these papers or publications in the top journals have the academic impact. Yep. And the international recognition is very important for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Mel? Uh, definitely not one discovery, uh -huh. um, but I think probably the co-authorship of the Australian Exercise During mm. Pregnancy Guidelines is probably yes. uh, the most impactful to date, purely because it has the platform to reach all pregnant women across Australia. Mm -hmm. um, the guidelines were very forward thinking, so mm -hmm. we've also been able to engage internationally as a result of the development of those guidelines. Yeah, I can imagine the flow-on effect of that. But then also the personal satisfaction. Are you forwarding those guidelines to every pregnant woman oh, you know? Absolutely. Anyone on my mailing list, I'm like, check these out. Yeah, um, great. You know, and to know that there's health professionals that are using them and to know that there's that translation again to our GPs, to exercise physiologists, and readily available to all Australian women is, is super, super that, satisfying. That is a game-changer, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ching, what about you? Um, well, I want to talk about a, 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 an ongoing project we're doing at this moment um, for, uh, to uh, uh, improve 
the break prediction for uh, railway trains. Mm -hmm. uh, in this project, we got researchers from uh, 12 countries and uh, from 24 different research institutes and universities come together to um, find the best way to predict uh, uh, train braking performance. Yep. And um, CQU and myself is leading that project. And um, we have done uh, a, a number of publications in that. And um, at this moment, we are organizing um, some special issue and uh, a workshop together and trying to push forward um, uh, to achieve better uh, accuracies. Trains braking accurately is yes. definitely high on things you want to happen in the world, so thank you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and that yeah, the, the potential is huge. Obviously, as you said before, trains and their sustainability um, considerations are yeah so important for a green future too. Um, it's been so interesting to talk to you, and you've probably I should say as well that as researchers, you haven't met each other a lot uh, in your research. You know, Mel hasn't been working with Ching on mm. pregnant people catching trains or anything like no, that. No, but we did actually meet. When was it? Yeah, for the research pitch. To yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. I was mm. uh, Ching's mentor, mentor for the yeah. five-minute research pitch. Yeah. Great. And he had to explain the complexities of his research <laughs> uh, in five minutes to a layperson audience, yeah. and he was amazing. He mm. did such a phenomenal job. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, for the, yeah. thanks for the mentor. We, we did well in that competition, and we achieved the first... Uh, uh, in, in, in CQU and the second in the national. So. Oh, congratulations. Um, and that's probably a good point to make as well, that both uh, Melanie and Ching did their PhDs at CQ Uni as well. Mm -hmm. So it's been a, a long journey as, as researchers as well as um, graduate researchers. Um, you've, as you've found out more about each other in this conversation, who's got a question? Is there anything burning <laughs> that you want to ask each other now? Oh, I would like to ask, how do you deal with the criticism or the comments in the research proposal application? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> I think every researcher listening yeah. wants to know this as well. Mm. I mean, it's like with everything, you, t you take it with a grain of salt, and if you think the, the comments and the criticisms can help to improve what you're doing, then you make those changes, and, and if not, you fight back <laughs> find a find a happy medium ah uh, that's um, a better answer yeah yeah because I, I genuinely don't think that the people that are providing the feedback are providing that feedback from a place from a negative place or, or to to be hurtful mm. um, so I feel like even sometimes comments depending on how they're written may not actually be provided in the context that they were meant mm. for yeah so you know, if we if we look at those comments as an opportunity to make our overall project or product better, yeah. Um, and if they are negative, then it's like, okay, move on. <laughs> well, look, hopefully we'll have lots of positive comments uh, on the back of this podcast, at least, <laughs> and that can be very uh, uplifting for everyone. Yeah, great question. Thank you, Bill. I was wondering. You mentioned that you've got twenty-four institutes yes, yes. from twelve countries. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? How do you facilitate that? Because you've got different time zones and you've mm -hmm. potentially got different languages. Mm -hmm. um, how do you go about doing that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think uh, these days we, we use English <laughs> across all the countries. But um, it's um, Raleigh research uh, is uh, relatively smaller than uh, other fields like uh, communication technology, ICT, and um, we, we know each other better. So um, during the, the project, so we we already know who's doing what. So. Yeah. Then we met them at conference and um, we, we get some initial ideas, then everybody trying to go out, find their own, uh, how to say, their own contact who are doing research in this field, then we come together. Um, but for the management, it is challenging because uh, different countries, they would have their own idea into, okay, we should tour this direction, we should tour that direction. Uh, I, I think in this case, we need to get um, more uh, researchers who have more experience to set guidelines, to set directions. Mm -hmm. um, it cannot be done by one person. We need uh, 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 sort of uh, experts who have uh, more authorities yeah. <laughs> in the field, yeah. Look, so great to have this chat with you all. We know that you're all outstanding researchers because you got the awards from the Vice-Chancellor, but um, it's been outstanding hearing a bit more about your research here today. So thank you so much, Associate Professor Bill Zhao, who's the Mid-Career Research Award recipient, Dr. Melanie Heyman and Dr. Ching Wu, the Early Career Research Award recipients. Thank you for joining us on CQ University Impact Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Yeah, let's give it up. Yeah. This is the final episode of Impact Research Podcast for this series. Thank you for finding us and thanks for listening. And if you've only just found us, there's plenty more listening and learning to do on our podcast feed. Just search CQ University Podcast wherever you listen and make sure you're following to get a heads up on future series too. And check out CQ University across social media for more inspiring stories and life-changing research. Thanks for joining us on Impact Research Podcast for CQ University, where research makes real impact.